Welcome to SCNH Group's Now to Next podcast. Today, we are covering a topic that the manufacturing industry is well aware of, Industry 4.0. Centered on advanced robotics and automation, new ways of human-machine interaction and vast amounts of data and boosted connectivity, Industry 4.0 is poised to modernize manufacturing and boost industrial competitiveness. The Internet of Things, robotics, artificial intelligence, cloud computing are major components paving the way, creating a high-tech ecosystem of smart devices that achieve an optimized, efficient workplace. That being said, often the voice of experience gets lost in the mix of today's crush of information. SCNH recently held our third event in a series titled Manufacturing a Smarter Future, in which manufacturers shared their experiences of making changes to their operations and ultimately people and products too. Today we will be talking to Sarah Sedlak, Business Development Manager, and Jeff Bathurst, Director of our Technology Advisory Practice, about innovation in action and what that means for manufacturers. Hey guys, how are you guys doing today? Good morning. Good, thanks. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit more about why we started this series? Sure. Thanks, Jen. Um, So as you mentioned, this is our third event in the series. Um, And we got started with this, trying to help manufacturers think about prioritizing and selecting the investments that they were trying to make in innovation. It can be an overwhelming process um, to think about completely changing operations and Taking a scalable approach in these investments uh, and thinking about the, the, the long-term strategy and the incremental steps to get there, uh, that's really what we're focused on. And, and I think the educational and tactical takeaways that we've been providing, the speakers who have been down this road before or are walking down it now, have been really valuable um, to the attendees. That's why we get a lot of repeat attendees. The community that we've developed has been really uh, instrumental in the success of the events. We've got a, a brain trust of people that show up each time and, and share ideas with each other as well as with the speakers. So I think we're seeing um, we're seeing some real developments in the way people are changing their, their thinking here. But I think I'd like to get Jeff's perspective on this, seeing as you're the technology expert here at SCNH. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you heard today? Uh, I, there was a lot of really interesting takeaways. So, so what stuck out to you? With the panel of uh, representatives from these firms, it was interesting to see just the wide range of technology implementation and advancement and maturity across those four organizations. You know, one of the things that we continue to see and why I think we get repeat customers in terms of attendees and actually it's growing is because, you know, for these types of organizations, technology, they can no longer ignore it. It was something for many, many years that was not germane to making the widget or the product that they were, that they were experts at at manufacturing. But because technology has, is pervasive and continues to expand into every part of life, they are one of the last industries that are implementing and using it to their advantage. And frankly, when you're looking at this type of uh, manufacturing in this part of the country, a lot of them are family-owned businesses who have spent their entire careers working for these organizations. And so there's a lack of awareness, there's a lack of knowledge, there's a lack of experience with technology. And they are, they are in urgent need of, some, of guidance. And that, that's something that really, that really, uh, really kind of jumps out at me. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things, I, I believe it was Mick from Arnold Packaging mentioned, was the idea the fact that manufacturing has been a little bit slower to the table with adopting the innovation and the technology 
puts the folks that were in this room today at an advantage because they're not really that far behind. If they can get started now in making some of this incremental change, they have put themselves at a tremendous competitive advantage um, by adopting some of this innovation. Um, and I think the other point to, to this is it's being forced upon them. If yes. they're going to stay competitive uh, and compete in this with this changing labor force, Mm-hmm. They've got to adopt this technology. Uh, the, the trend towards outsourcing has completely shifted towards insourcing, and the technology and the innovation is going to make that possible to attract the best talent, to insource operations, to streamline processes. And if they don't start thinking about this now, they are going to fall behind. But key message, it's not too late. You know, you make up a good point. The The externalities that are influencing and, and, and in fact, forcing these companies to change the, the people who are their hiring, their customers are expected to be engaged in different ways now. They want to be able to get a status on their order through their mobile phone, not have to call and talk to somebody and say, what's the status of my order? Oh, let me talk, let me find out and get back to you. They don't want that. Concept of customer service has changed. It drastically. <laughs> and because what has driven that is the commercial side of customer service, you know, as Amazon customers, as we expect a level of service in our daily lives, and that has transcended into the business world. And a lot of manufacturers are not equipped to support that level of expectation. Fair or unfair, that's what people have become accustomed to as part of daily life when it comes to customer service. And you said, that's a great way to put it. It has, the, the definition of customers has shifted and these manufacturers, unfortunately, a lot of them don't have the foundational technology, much less the differentiators, you know, for their particular business to support that. And that's going to be one of their bigger challenges because, you know, you want to hire people, they're expecting to have all these technology tools at their disposal that they have every day, that they use every day. Well, they're not there. Okay. And, and, and so they think you're right. They can no longer ignore it because one of the things I noticed is how advanced some of these products are that these companies make. We're talking some cutting edge stuff with, with their products and, uh, that, they, that they deliver. But if you look at their internal technology environments, they are so far behind the advancement of their, of their own products. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story. So one of the things that you just mentioned that I, wanna, I want to ask you to, um, to talk a little bit more about, because it came up again and again today, was the idea of the foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's great to buy the greatest, newest widget or remote sensor or whatever it mm-hmm. is that you want to invest in. But unless the foundation, the infrastructure foundation is solid and the processes that you're trying to automate are solid, mm-hmm. you're just going to be spinning your wheels. There's no sense in automating a bad process because you're going to go backwards faster. So, <laughs> right. I, I mean, we heard everyone, every one of the speakers talk about both of those pieces today. So. Talk a little bit about um, putting that foundation in place. What does that What does that look like for these companies? Because I think that's the scariest thing. the The flashy item, the flashy object, that's fun. That's easy. But ripping out the foundation and and building something new can be intimidating. You know, I don't want to be stereotypical of a lot of these firms, but in many cases, these are things that their infrastructure has been built over decades. Okay, and it ends up with computer systems and servers and, and applications residing in a closet in their main manufacturing facility. And if you ask them, 
the question, well, what happens if that room goes dark or there's a, catas or there's a catastrophic event with the building? Where does that leave you? And it gets them thinking about, or what if you have a, a, a cyber attack or some sort of compromise of your, of your technology? Think about what happens if you are without that for several days. And it puts a different context to the, to the story. And so what, what we do is we use that question, those questions to drive the point home that, look, you have to create an environment that is drastically different than what you have today because, to your point, you can't build on a shaky foundation, right? You can make, you can make all this investment in the greatest application, but if your network doesn't perform, you're going to assume the application failed, when in reality, your network was never designed to actually support that. Because why? It was created 20 years ago, and it did everything it was supposed to do for that need, but not for tomorrow's need. And so it's an opportunity for organizations to evaluate how are they connecting their facilities? How are they using it? What do they own? What do they operate? Is it, is it appropriate to get rid of some of those responsibilities? Not because you're not good at it. It's just because it's not mission critical to what you're trying to accomplish. And, and so that's where you have to go through a process of understanding what is it that's important to own? What's important to own are the differentiators to your business. The commodity to levels, what we call commodity level services, many organizations are jettisoning them and moving them to third parties simply because it's more cost efficient, they get better performance, they get better availability. Um, and it's not a one size fits all, but it is, you're asking the same set of questions for every organization and the answers will be different, but by and large, you will see a lot of opportunity to move things to the cloud, to work with partners and to be able to get significant jumps forward right, with their technology environment without having to, as they did in the past, build it from scratch. So I wanna, I wanna circle back, because you said you, you, these organizations should all be asking themselves some, some questions. The, mm -hmm. the answers are gonna be different depending on the organization, but I, I wanna talk a little bit about what some of those questions should be, mm -hmm. um, because I think it was and who said um, today, always go into this with the business outcome in mind. Correct. This is not investments in technology for technology's sake. Again, the shiny object. Mm -hmm. So for the benefit of our listeners, what are some of those questions they might want to be asking as they're kicking off this journey or moving down this road um, that, that might help them think about what that business objective is? So part of the way that we frame this conversation is around risk. Okay, what is the risk profile to the organization as it relates to their technology investment? Can they afford for it to be unavailable? Are they aware of the risks that are out there in today's world that could negatively impact their technology environment? So you have to ask yourself, okay, what, what are they willing to, where are they willing to take more risks? Where are they willing, what do they need to be conservative? what is it from a business opportunity that they're trying to capture? So for example, many of these organizations have one or two IT people, okay? And they've been working with these organizations for many years. The cost to attract and retain 
employees in this space or actually in this geographic segment is very, very difficult, okay? Because number one, you have the federal government, you have um, the technology industry in itself, you put those together with the demand, to, to equal the demand on these resources, trying to attract and retain talent is very difficult, all right? Now you have a manufacturing company, there's not a lot of growth for them, for an IT person, right? It's, it's a one or two person shop, they're there to support the, the, the company's operations. So how do you attract people to come work for you? Well, that is a, that is a fundamental problem. So people, the quest, first question is people. Do I have the right people to get me to move forward? All right, because in many cases, those IT people have not been exposed to different things, to the newest technologies, to the newest services. So number one, do I have the right people? And so if I can't hire them, where do I partner? finding a strategic partner is really, really important. Not for a particular product or a service, but someone who can help you evaluate those things. So that's number one. Number two is education, okay? What is it, do, is my organization educated about what technology is out there today? Do I know what's possible? The art of the possible, do I know? Because in many cases, just, there's a level of, a, there's a lack of awareness about what's out there today. Many cases we're talking, we're talking to to manufacturers who are running 15, 20 year old ERP solutions. What's out there today? So, so education. What do I need to know? Do I have the people to support it? And then, lastly, is what is it that I'm trying to accomplish from as a, in terms of your business goals, as they pointed out? Am I looking to expand? Am I looking to diversify? Am I looking to optimize? You know, what are my business goals? Because technology will support any of those things, but they will support them differently. So it's, it's organization, it's, it's business goals, and it's also education and, 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 and knowledge about today's capabilities. Well, and the, the idea that the technology can support all those different avenues of business goals, all those different pieces, goes back to putting the strong foundation in place. Because if you build a scalable foundation, you can attack sort of one at a time, but you don't have to change the foundation each 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 time you, you kind of pivot. So no, correct, because again, the, the idea is that we're that's one thing about technology. The industry is going to change, and the, the change cycles are, are happening so much faster these days. I mean, part of what we do as a practice is keeping current on what's out there. The, the other thing that organizations, and I want to make sure this is one of the things that I, I noted in today's, in today's event, is around the cultural impact of technology change. People, un, organizations underestimate it, okay? Because you're talking about uh, many of these manufacturers who are, have, people who have been there for their entire careers. And they've done, and they and they've been successful. They, some of these manufacturers are hugely successful. And now, all of a sudden, you're talking about fundamentally shifting the way that they do, they do their job. And there is a level of, I don't want to say fear because it's a strong word, but there's a level of concern with within the organization when they see significant technology change, because they're in fear for their job. Right, there's, am I going to be replaced? Are we going to be doing things differently? Am I going to get, are we outsourcing this function? And it's not, and, and that's where the, and I forgot who the one of the panelists who mentioned it, but around change management, organizational change management. That, especially for this particular industry, 
these types of companies, the impact to the culture is significant and it cannot be underestimated. And that's one thing that needs to be taken into account. Whatever level of technology investment is made, a lot of these are family-owned businesses or generational businesses who, who, who take care of their employees and pride themselves on employee retention and, and they want to take care of these people and their employees. And well, in order to do that, you have to be able to manage this change effectively because in many cases, the change is significant significant to everyone's daily roles and responsibilities within the company. And that's something that uh, it appears is not really on many radar screens. Every single one of the panelists said that. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, the, the ter expected turnover is, it seems to be one of the, one of the, few, one of the pitfalls that, that came up. Mm -hmm. You have to be prepared for, for people to dig their heels in a little bit. Um, on the other hand, it opens up a lot of exciting doors. One of, one of my favorite comments today was from Mick where he talked about, I try really, really hard to hire smart people. And when you hire smart people, they get frustrated when you ask them to do dumb, redundant <laughs> stuff. And that's a good sign because great sign. you want those people in there that are, are looking to automate and innovate and, and drive better business processes. So it is a hard transition for this industry um, but but it seems like a necessary one. Well, it, the, one other point around this is that it's a challenge to the leadership of these organizations because they have to ask the hard questions. Do I have the right people in the right seats in the bus? And in many cases, they don't. Some people, for whatever reason, they either where employees can't make the change, they don't want to make the change, they don't like the way the the direction the company's going, for whatever reason. But they have to ask themselves the question once they make a determination around what level of technology they're going to implement or whatever it is, but whatever change you're managing, you've got to ask the question, do I have the right people? Because you can have the perfect technology solution, the perfect use case, the perfect ROI, right? But if you don't evaluate the people that are sitting on the bus and being responsible for using it to help you deliver those goals, that, that's, a, that's a big miss if, if you don't ask those questions. And it's and we're not advocate you know it's not a, a, it's, we're not advocating to get rid of people. No, you just have to ask yourself as these roles change, are these people capable of actually adopting that change and, and embracing it? Right. Well, it seems to me like we probably need to have another event because this is not just about technology and innovation. This is about workforce, labor, change management, leadership. So I think we probably will. And with that, I'll turn it back to Jen. Yeah, thanks, Sarah and Jeff. Great insights for manufacturers to keep in mind, whether they're just getting started or in full swing of making changes. For our listeners, if you have any questions or would like to learn more, please visit our website at www.schgroup.com.